Welcome to a special PyCon 2011 edition of LocoCast. Recently, Rick Harding got the opportunity to speak with Mark Ram. Mark Ram works over at GeekNet and is the benevolent dictator for life of the TurboGears project. Mark talks a little bit about the recent release of Allura, which is the open source version of the SourceForge Forge. So Rick Harding here with LocoCast.net on location at PyCon Atlanta 2011. And I got with me Mark Ram from SourceForge. What's what's your title, Mark? I don't know what it is these days. Um, that's actually a good question. I think I'm, I'm we're sort of in transition. I'm managing SourceForge.net, so I think my official title is like business manager SourceForge.net or general manager or... Uh, my boss keeps calling me bearded overlord. I don't know. I, I like the bearded overlord. I was going to say, nothing, nothing in there says coding. That sounds depressing. I get to do some coding, and I still do a lot of open source stuff, so it's not like uh, I don't get to do any coding. Uh, but my responsibilities are uh, for the code and for the whole every which thing, so it's... A lot of other non-coding work recently. Uh-oh. Well, that's exciting, though, because right before PyCon, you guys have your new Forge. Has everybody moved over to the new Forge, or are you guys still transitioning people? So, uh, currently, the new Forge is in beta. Uh, people who ask to be moved have been moved, but we haven't uh, pushed anyone to move. We're going to make uh, it more and more possible to move more and more projects. There's a lot of data migration issues that we're working out. I uh, bet a whole new system, the databases don't tend to align one-to-one, do they? No, and um, for various reasons, it was actually designed as a separate new site, and then we decided to make it the new SourceForge, and so we hadn't designed it with data migration in mind. Wow, but that's exciting, though, because, I mean, it was overdue. It's, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see some new stuff out of SourceForge. And what's even more exciting is right before PyCon, you guys got to announce that you released it open source. So there's code out there. Yeah, and I'm really excited about the things that are in there. I think we have uh, the ticket tracker is really good. Um, I think the fact that we have a SCM abstraction lets us support Git Mercurial Subversion. Uh, somebody could write a tool for BZR or whatever. Um, the fact that all of the... Uh, tools are plugins and people could write new ones and replace if they decided they wanted a tracker that had a very different point of view on the way tickets should be tracked and work you could write an alternative tracker and that could be installed into the SourceForge system uh, awesome. so it's very flexible in ways that the old code base was not so that's kind of interesting i haven't looked at the code yet um i, I just saw the announcement right before we ho- took off on the plane here so but it's very there's there are a lot of hooks involved in there that you can get your fingers into huh yeah so every um, right now, at least, every tool uses a set of tools entry point, and it's all you. If you t- install the tool and you run setup.py, that tool will show up in the list of things you could install and on your project, and you can set up any or none of the tools. So it's a very flexible system. Uh, I think it's the first time that SourceForge has really acknowledged that open source projects are very different and have very different needs. Isn't that the truth? Small libraries have very different needs than large desktop Large group projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's very cool. Um, so how's the reception been on the new Forge? Have you, how many, have you gotten uh, the people that, that would like to try the beta? Has it been a, a decent chunk of people? Or Yeah, I mean, we've been getting more and more of our... We still offer you an option between the old Forge and the new Forge and a greater percentage 
of our new signups are on new forge we've had a couple of uh popular projects um uh android uh kde android project on oh, new okay. forge has had a lot of traffic uh, so it's been going very well, I think, over the last month and a half or so. And honestly, we're talking about it down here at PyCon, which you can assume that it's Python-based. It is, in fact, Python-based. Oh, uh, we like our Python. So no more PHP. Well, not no more PHP, but moving off the PHP onto the awesome Python, how'd you sell them on that? Well, it was actually kind of an easy sell. I was sort of surprised. I started, I mean, obviously they hired me, so right. there was some inkling of using Python for more things. Um, they inv evaluated uh, Python and Ruby, well, really Django and Rails for a project and decided to go with Django. And because of that, um, and they decided to go J with Django not because Django was better for ra than Rails for that no, just, project. Just to be clear, like this, isn't, uh, this isn't the new Forge stuff. This was a different project that you had worked on previously right. when you first so, got in there. So they hired me for that project. It went really, really well. And they decided to use Python on SourceForge after it had been vetted in this other project. And we used TurboGears on the new Forge, not Django, for a wide variety of reasons. But mostly because we customized the crap out of it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I tell everyone I have a lot of friends that are big fans of Django. And, and I, I know I come across as a Django hater sometimes. But there are large swaths of complex applications that just don't fit perfectly in the Django keyhole uh, I think, and and so uh, I, I'm not surprised at all that you guys, for like something like this Forge, would would have used something a little different. Yeah, I mean, we we use MongoDB um, that lets us do things like make a ticket, a document, and then you can store versions of the ticket uh, in a history art or historical versions of the ticket, and that gives you the permission ability to you know do undo and roll back and all of those sorts of things. Uh, that would be a much harder to do if you had a relational database across multiple joins. Keeping versions of an object at that state at a certain point is difficult. It's really easy if you keep it as one document in Mongo. You just copy the document. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I, you know, the the no SQL movement. The one of the big things that I know people coming from a SQL world is their ad hoc queries. And it seems like a ticket tracker. You would have a lot of ad hoc queries that would become an issue in like that. If you're running any kind of complications, providing a a searchable interface on top of that MongoDB document like that? So, well, we have two solutions to that. One, we're using MongoDB. MongoDB has indexes, and you can index on deeply nested elements within the document. Uh, so we're able to do the kind of ad, most of the ad hoc queries that you would want to do, we're able to do right there in Mongo. Okay. We also sort of, in the background, are syncing everything out to Solar, and in solar, uh, we can do all kinds of filters. Search magic. Yeah. Crazy search magic. So that's not going to be instantly up to date right. with ticket changes that you have, but that will let you do. Yeah, very but for someone who's queries. coming in and going, like, hey, I wonder if my ticket's already been submitted or not, you need a good search to be able to find existings. And that sounds like the solar is probably the biggest thing you would use in that kind of situation, probably. Yeah, and we're moving um, some of our searches, like we have the search for milestones is in solar. Mm -hmm. um, but people really expect that to be meal, real time. They click right. the milestone button. They expect the thing they just added to that milestone to be there. So we're switching some of those over to Mongo, but we're never going to remove the solar interface. That's a core part of the platform. So it's sort of the whole forge is, is separate in two layers. There's the Allura platform, mm -hmm. and then there's the tools written on it. And right. the platform provides 
search and querying and all of that as both Mongo and Solar. Uh, so it's expected that every artifact in the system will be available in both formats. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. So that's very cool that you guys are doing some good open source stuff, it sounds like. It's nice to be able to take your work and, and, and make it open and see what else people can come up with. And because we're using Mongo and Solar and it's very integrated into the platform element, um, it was hard to use Django because Django expects you to use the Django ORM. All the features that you get uh, in Django that people like are really dependent on doing it more of the Django way than we did right. it. Yeah. No, and Turbo Gears is actually really nice because, uh, I mean, so Turbo Gears is built on top of pylons currently and uh, definitely provides a nice, you know, some nice layers, makes it more Django-y to kind of do some of the front-end stuff, you know, your controllers and things. But, uh, you know, anything that lets you have SQL Alchemy underneath is awesomeness. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, using SQL Alchemy at SourceForge. Oh, Forge, yeah, that's right, because this is all MongoDB. You guys aren't even using that. Oh, well, I... We, we have one uh, tool that we didn't open source that we call Forge Classic, and it interfaces with the PHP code and the existing database, uh, uh, Alexandria database and all of that. And that code is kind of crazy and nuts and would not be valuable to anyone else because it's all about our right. internal infrastructure and what servers are where and all of that. So that, that is the one tool that we haven't open sourced. Um, and that tool is where we have all our SQL Alchemy magic. So, yeah, so I see you guys, you guys have got a good group sprinting on the Allura code base stuff here in the PyCon sprints. I mean, we should say we're in, what, day three of the sprints? Yeah. How's the, uh, how are the sprints going? It's going really well. Um, we're working on a number of sort of experimental things. We're um, looking at how to uh, change our queuing system uh, for stuff that happens outside of the context of a web request. Uh, we're looking at uh, improving our Git history browser and making it super shiny. Um, the Ooh, current shiny. History, the current history browser is not that shiny. Right. Um, and really, if you look at our competitors, a lot of their history browsers are not as data rich as I think they should be. So mm -hmm. we're working on that and making it, giving some fancy shiny awesomeness to our Git Mercurial subversion hosting. Um, yeah, and we have an abstraction, so all of those will have, yeah. once we write the shiny goodness, it'll work for all of them. Well, that's very cool. Um, so we're at PyCon. i got to ask, so what was, uh, what was some of your favorite stuff out of PyCon this year? Let's convince the people that haven't come down to make the trip next year. Well, as always, the hallway track is very helpful to me. I talked to Armin about uh, request response objects and what we should do about that. Uh, we've met, we talked a lot about uh, a bunch of Ian Bicking packages that have been, they need maintainers and what we're going to do with them. So there's a lot of in-between sessions and outside-of-sessions yeah. discussions. My favorite talk of the conference was David Beasley, or not David Beasley, Ned Batchelder's talk about um, Python Aware Python. That was oh, fancy, I, fancy stuff. I didn't stuff. see that, that one. Was awesome. So what's, what's the basic rundown of Python Aware Python? Well, he just showed you how you can use um, the AST, the code compiler. You can introspect the bytecode. You can introspect the... Uh, syntax tree of there so you can get information about the structure of the code how you can look at uh, frames so you can get you can introspect what's happening in your code up the stack from where you are um, there were a couple of horrible horrible hacks that were just super fun <laughs> like he had yeah, a hack that was like 
you could write go to in Python and it would go to that line in some oh, other no. module. Oh, it was no. awesome. I have to say that's been some, something of a little bit of fun with PyCon. There's been a few things where it's been like, no one should ever, ever, ever do this. But isn't it cool? Um, I know one of the lightning talks was uh, implementing the, uh, the old text-based game and didn't want to have to have parents and so he basically completely <laughs> hacked with rapper and it was just one of those things that everyone in the room kind of saw it building and saw it coming and they're like no no he didn't no no he did not do that and then it was like oh my god that's awesome <laughs> yeah although i saw that talk and it made me think in in both the regular python in interactive interpreter and in ipython when you type exit it gives you a string that says if you really wanted to exit you would have put Right. Freaking parens on this thing. Yeah, and it, should, it could just do it. Yeah, it could just do it. Why isn't it do it? Because <coughs> we're pedantic. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, no, the hallway track is uh, it's awesome to, to get to hang out and do some of that networking. Yeah, and there are networking. amazing people here who know a ton. And so I always learn I, a million things just in the hallway. And then the sprints. I mean, I learn a lot at the conference, but the sprints are crazy because you're actually working on stuff with people who are 10 times smarter than you and you can the sprints are just awesome i my i tweeted out the other day i'm like you know i, I wasn't sure how the sprints were going to work and how all this was going to you know go down it's my first PyCon, and and um i decided the fabric guys are here we use fabric at work for um some of our you know automation of scripts and things for different projects and i thought hey you know it'd be kind of cool to hang out with these guys and see what's coming i know they had a new version that i haven't played with yet and man i tell you what i put in a full work day just working on fabric stuff had like you know pulling in tickets and patches and and really got to know the code base of fabric now when i go back home uh you know back to my day job i'll be much more likely to you know write a patch for something than when, when we hit a bug or an issue rather than like we had a problem with the contrib thing uh, before and it was like well it's an rsync thing you, you just just manually run an rsync command you know whereas now that i've played with stuff i would be like hey you know what i could go to that contrib code and look up the rsync method that's in there, and I could probably, you know, hack it and adjust it now and submit a patch back upstream. So I'm, I'm actually very excited to kind of, you know, I know more now than I ever did before by playing around with the sprints. And I'm sitting right next to the developer of the project, who's like, yeah, yeah, do that there, or, you know, you know, yeah, that's how that works. And you know, I mean, where else can you do that? Yeah, there's just nowhere you can get that sort of access. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about open source is that the people who develop it are available and l would love to have you work on things and help you. And uh, Sprint's PyCon, I think, has been, or the Python community from the early conferences has always had Sprint's, and it's been sort of a leader in that thing happening. And it's been an incredibly valuable thing for me professionally. Oh, I've yeah. learned a ton, and I've worked with on things that have made a difference and been able to get new people into projects and ha see them take on things and make a difference. It's really I sort of wonder where my career would be and my life would be without <laughs> PyCon sprints. It just, I mean, it, it's not an exaggeration. I don't think to say that over the years, um, PyCon and sprints have changed my career and changed my life. It's really, I was thinking about that last night, actually. Yeah, it's, it is very cool. I know, as someone who wanted to get a job in Python, and I spent years learning it on the side and things, and I, I kept meaning to come to a PyCon, and I just never did, I never did. And what struck me, I know, during the conference was there are a lot, a lot of places looking for Python developers. And if I had come to the conference and been on site to see all that, 
I wonder if I might have been able to find a job much, much faster. It took me, I think, four years from the, or, well, this said three years from the time I decided, you know what, right now I'm going to start looking for a job in Python, you know, to actually find one. And I think, you know, coming to a conference like this, being around the people, the community as a whole, and having so much Python around you. So for those of you guys, I actually know a couple of guys, you know, back home that are, boy, you know, I think it'd be fun to do Python stuff, but, you know, I don't know enough, and I don't, uh, I don't think I could, you know, convince somebody and all that kind of stuff. I think coming to a conference like this would pay for itself in spades as far as a career path change if anyone's thinking about doing that. Yeah, and I know people who've come here and just, you know, if you have some C coding skills and, and are willing to do it, you can come here sit down with the Python core developers, make something happen, and become a contributor, a core contributor to Python in one sprint if you do right. do it right. And so you can go from, oh, I don't have Python on my resume, to I, am, I have commit rights <laughs> to Python in one... I mean, you have to be kind of good. Oh, but yeah. You can, I mean, that can happen at PyCon. You, if you don't come to PyCon, you're not getting commit rights in a week. No, it is very cool how, uh, you know, there's so many projects. I mean, I couldn't believe the number of sprinting projects this year. There must have been 30 or more when all was said and done at the end of the conference. Then you're walking across the stage, you know, we're with Project X and Y and we'll be sprinting, you know, over here. The number of sprinters was amazing. I think we were there like seven rooms or something, and they're easily 30 people a room. I mean, well, our room, I counted on Monday, there were 72 people in our room. Oh, 72. Well, and you guys, are, well, that, that room is like, I think the, the biggest, the busiest room, I think, for it, sure. Yeah, it was not the biggest room, but it definitely had the most yeah, people. Yeah, no, in we'll, it. Say, we'll say, well, because, you know, and I've got to say, it's, um, it's Pyramid and, and the web world and Python. Um, and I don't, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say Pyramid in particular, but the web world and Python, because there were, um, I know there were guys from, you know, like the Flask community and stuff in there. There were, there were a lot of different web, but it was basically like the web room. Um, yeah. Python well, it, in the in the web is a, is an amazing thing these days. Yeah, I mean the last two years we called it the WSGI room, and yeah, that's probably really, yeah. It's not really about WSGI. I mean we're having sprints on common request response objects and other uh, web technologies that aren't WSGI related at all. But right. really, it's about it's the room for the people who work on the web in a more like let's share libraries and right. A more the, flexible fashion. We can say it, the non-Django room. It's well, the, right. it's the web world of the of the non-Django people. There, right. there are there are those of us and, out there. And this is the first year, um, yeah. in the last three years, where the non-Django room was more highly attended than the Django yeah. room. And I I don't know if that's a trend or if that's just luck. We'll but say it's a good thing though for right now. I, I'm I'm a fan. I like seeing I like seeing that kind of activity around. Like you say, the sharing of libraries and code stuff, the the pyramid thing has been a big talk at this PyCon because of the, you know, how often do framework people that, you know, write their own framework stuff get together and go, you know what, you know, we, we should work together more on some of this stuff. And and it makes it easy as a, as a web developer who's using the stuff to be able to go, oh, I can take ideas from this and from that and from that and put it all together for what I need. Yeah. And I think the the pyramid project itself is doing really, really well. Um I mean, the code base used to be Repose BFG, and right. the, the difference in the number of downloads since it became Pyramid, and we announced Wasn't that this. amazing? He was like something like, uh, I don't know, what was it, 500 downloads in like six months or something, and then since January, it was in the three plus thousands or whatever. I mean, it was a drastic change for sure. Yeah, I don't think it was 
quite as low as 500 downloads before. Uh, I, it, I, yeah. I, I, I think it was in the hundreds before, and it's been in, over a larger period of time than yeah. since the beginning of this new year. It's in the multi-multi-thousands. And, and Pyramid um, and the Repose community has always been very impressive in that they had a large number of committers. Yeah. But not a large user base. Um, so it's really exciting to see um, the user base and the activity coming together now in that yeah. way. I think that pyramid is, it's not yet, but I think it's going to be the default second choice in the Python I'm, world. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I'll, hopefully I'll talk to Chris here, who's the, the one of the leads of that project coming up here in a minute. But um, I'm, I'm using it for an open source bookmark app that I'm working on. And the more and more I get into it, it's definitely... I don't know if it's because I'm so used to pylons that, I, you know, if it's different and that's what making it more of a learning curve, but it, there's a little bit of a learning curve on how the bits fit together and work. Um, but the, every time I figure it out, I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Like, that makes sense. Like, oh, oh, yeah, no, that that makes sense. And some of the flexibility and stuff in there is just awesome. I'm really loving working with Pyramid so far. Yeah, and it's really, really fast and has a really short call stack. Yes. So it, it's easy to debug. It's amazing. Just on development, you know, working locally on my machine, I you actually notice the speed difference between that and a pyramid, uh, a pylons app that I, you know, that I work on. So, yeah. Interesting times ahead for the, for the whiskey fanboy world of web development. Yeah. I'm, I think it's a very exciting time to be in the Python web world. I think there's a lot of, at the same time, there's a lot of innovation and splintering and a lot of consolidation. Um, and I, for a while, we were splintering more than we were consolidating. But I think we're now, you know, splinter, experiment, try Man. a bunch of different things, pick a winner, move forward, and keep r rinse, repeat. I think it's a lot of maturation going on, yeah. uh, honestly. I, I look at it that way where, you know what, as, as the Python web world becomes more popular, more stuff out there isn't PHP or isn't, you know, Ruby on Rails stuff out there that... I think that the Python web development community has matured a lot over the last several years and look forward to some more of that going forward. Yeah. Well, and I think Python has a lot of advantages over uh, Ruby, over uh, PHP, and just in terms of scalability and sort of, I mean, you, it's not that you can't make, obviously you can make PHP scale forever, You can, or for a long time, Facebook right. has done it. Um, same with Ruby. Um, but at SourceForge, being able to run multi-process and multi-thread uh, has made um, single-server performance higher, which means we need less servers to scale and companies that like stuff. that stuff save money. Oh yeah, love it. Well, very cool. Um, so, anything else to plug, or I guess we should say, everyone go jump in IRC. Uh, what's the Allura channel? Pound Allura is. The How do you say that? Two L's or one L? I can't remember right now. A L L U R A. Two L's. All righty. It, it's the named after. And I didn't pick this name, but it's an <laughs> interesting, interesting history. It's named after the uh, princess who flies the blue lion in Voltron. Oh, Voltron's a popular thing right now. I uh, we just got through recording an episode with the from Python Im from Python Import podcast guys, and my uh, blog post about it had the Voltron logo up. And then the next day, they text you know uh, pinged me on Twitter saying, "Dude, we were just talking about how we were Voltron doing the episode or whatever." So that's hilarious. The so Voltron theme is becoming a... Last three days, there's been a Voltron theme every day. So before we were Vol Voltron themed, we had the horrible name Pi Forge. Oh, so, I, Allura, I like it. I Allura like it. is better than that, for sure. Uh, anything else you want to plug personally or SourceForge professionally? Um, 
Well, the Allura code base, um, the SourceForge beta, if you are signing up for a new SourceForge project, make sure you click the button that says beta. Uh, and default, sign up for default, a beta make project. it the default, make it the default. We, we probably will switch it to the default in the next few weeks. Gotcha. Maybe two weeks. Gotcha. All right. I'll make commitments. We'll, we'll switch it to the default in the next two weeks. Awesome. Very exciting, man. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with us. I appreciate it, Mark. All right. Thanks. We want to thank Mark Ram for taking the time to talk with us and remind you that we have more PyCon goodness coming your way. I know Rick has got a few more interviews lined up. So check out the website over at lococast.net. Thanks for listening.